Welcome back to Truth Hurts, where we expose corrupt politicians and lying corporate media. I'm Jake Duesenberg, your host today. We're broadcasting live from Roseville, Minnesota, in the belly of the beast. Joining me. Oh, no, he's not here. He's not, he's not joining me today, is nope. he? All I have is Dawson, Mr. Deep State Dawson. That's right. That's right. We're um we're we're flying somewhat solo today, but it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Yeah, well, I got fake William and a rhino who will read your comments at home. Let us know where you're watching from. Also, if you want to join our program anytime, go ahead and go to the comment section on Rumble. Like this, even if you're not watching it live. Like it. Let the algorithm know to show to more people. And uh, by the way, if you want to interrupt me, just me, I guess Dawson, you'll speak a little bit today too. All you have to do is hit a Rumble rant. Actually, watch us get the most Rumble rants ever because people just want to interrupt me the whole time. Well, right? then, well, then all of a sudden I'm like. I'm like the big star of the show, right? If you I'm are kind of the star. I'm, I, I'm going to say this right now, Dawson. Last show, yeah. I'm not saying you were playing devil's advocate, but you were just uh, re representing maybe a different position or maybe not fully engaged in the position we were in. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, we want to have leftists come on our program. There are two <laughs> chicken shit to do it. I'm, I, I will say I'm not a leftist, but I'm a very good actor. I'm I'm very good at getting people getting people riled up. So. Well, and that came out wrong. I didn't mean you were a leftist. I just mean that you're representing maybe a contrarian view to what the pre the yes. prevailing view was on the show. I like to do that to literally everybody. Well, there you go. Hey, are you drinking one of those Diet Mountain Dews in there? I'm trying it. That is Jackson Supply. How dare you? <laughs> I appreciate it, Jackson, if you're watching. <laughs> we're going to talk today about uh, Kurt Doubt Rhino uh, announces resignation suddenly in Minnesota and why that's kind of like what McCarthy did. So we'll get into that story. Walls is possibly calling for gun control, at least hints at it after a cloak shoot. I didn't even know this cloak shooting hurt, uh, happened. This was on Monday. And f the first thing I hear about is a call for gun control from Walls. I Wait, was like, what? Cloquet, Minnesota, way up north? Yeah, way up north. Wow. Just southwest of Duluth. And then we're going to get into some numbers. Iowa caucus should be a fairly quick, short program today. But let's start out with this. First of all, you know, when I look at one of the problems with America is we have self-serving politicians. I mean, at this point, is that just pretty obvious that most of these people are not getting in it for the right reasons? Oh, yeah. And, you know, we talk about this term rhino, Republican in name only. What I believe that to mean is that you are a person who runs and becomes a Republican politician, a legislator. I mean, I guess you could be an executive to a governor or a president, but you run as a Republican, you get elected as a Republican, but you don't really have like the core foundational beliefs that the Republicans have. And quite frankly, you'll just do whatever you can to stay in power and to help you out like personally, beneficially. So that's how I portray most legislators, to be quite frank with you. I don't think they're in it for the right reasons. Some go into politics for the right reasons. And then I think they just quickly get corrupted when they get to office. Now, Doubt, to me, and I've known who this guy is for well over, well, probably a decade at least, um, I would put him in the category of he probably always had, you know, um, well, I was going to say malicious, but that might not be the right term, but definitely not principled stances, okay? Maybe he actually has some conservative beliefs, but he's never – He's never really manifested in the way that he acts or votes really at the Capitol, except for when he's in the minority. Then he's like the most conservative voter ever, which is why he got the distinguishment as the fake conservative uh, in our, I think it was that 2019 scorecard. 
So anyhow, um, that's who Kurt Dowd is. So let's open up this article. You can go to actionforliberty.com. Uh, titled Rhino Lobbyist Legislator Kurt Dowd Suddenly Resigned. So this broke. Um, oh, God, we were having a meeting yesterday late afternoon, and all of a sudden our phones get blown up because a lot of people know that we've had kind of a tiff with Dowd over the years. And they're like, can you believe this is happening? First of all, I thought it was fake news at first. I was like, this really isn't getting reported in a lot of different places. And we found the press release, and apparently it is true. He's resigning as of February 11th of this year. Now, that's an interesting date. Why is that an interesting date? Do you have any idea why it is? I have Dawson? absolutely no clue. Why would Why would you? Why would anyone know what that date has in terms of relevance? The Minnesota legislature meets on February 12th, so that's a Monday. So he's resigning the day before the legislative session. Now, his job is with a lobbying firm out of Washington, D.C. It's called Stateside Associates. So a lot of people would believe he's resigning so he can go full-time and lobby at the Capitol. Now, I don't know. Uh, that's speculation, okay? We like to try to portray facts as much as they're possibly or readily known. Here, in this case, it's just speculation. He has offered nothing to anyone, at least at the time that we started this uh, show, explaining why he picked February 11th. Uh, Razzle Dazzle says, Mort lost because he was, uh, I should probably read it before that, here to stay for a while, three trips scheduled south this winter. It'll be nice to escape for some extended weekends in Florida and Arizona. I didn't know you were uh, the type that traveled south for the winter. So, interesting. Um, based in Minnesota, I have a glare on that. Can you read that comment, Dawson? Um. Or more result, one to not get corrupted, probably why he lost. And you know what? Honestly, the reason I think Mort lost is, is um, there was a redistricting in Minnesota, and he ended up in a worse district. I mean, he lost two conservative precincts and gained two Democrat precincts. It just became more of a Democrat district. So it's is is that yeah. gerrymandering? Well, I mean, the courts actually are the ones that came up with the districts in the end. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's gerrymandering. It's basically I don't know if I would I don't know if I would describe malice to that one. I think it's just just. Yeah, circumstance. They have to have roughly the same numbers in population, right? It's based yeah. off a of census the two years prior to that. Gotcha. So in this case, I think they just—that's just how the the dice roll, you know. So I don't think there's much more than that. Good afternoon, Badhead Harry. Good to see you again. Um, all right, so let's get back to this article. Um, he is resigning on February 11th, the day before legislative session, which is kind of an interesting date, obviously. Um, What's really fascinating to me, and this is why I call these guys self-serving, is because he's resigning uh, right as the legislative session starts, meaning there's not going to be a replacement for him for months, right? The way that this works is the governor governor now declares a special election. That district is going to go Republican. It's like a strong Republican district, right? So by him not just saying today – He's resigning, which would be one month in advance of February 11th. And then the governor has time to declare a special election, and that person gets placed probably, I don't know, sometime in February. He's now leaving a seat open and, by nature, strengthening the Democrat majority, which could come into play on things like gun control. And this is the same thing Kevin McCarthy just did. Kevin McCarthy just resigned his seat in the U.S. Congress, affected December 31st. Now, in that case, the Republicans have the majority, but the majority is now shrunk. So let's just say a couple of Republicans don't show up one day. Uh, I shouldn't say in this case. What, what's a majority, like a 12-person majority, something like that? 
maybe it's a little bit more in the U.S. Congress. I should know it off the top of my head. How many times did we count votes for the speakership? But if they had a, a slew of Republicans or they had a slew of Republicans that were voting with Democrats, it could actually change uh, legislation or could kill a bill. In the case of the Minnesota House, and this is where it becomes really concerning, the Democrats can't lose four of their own caucus members. And there are some caucus members, Gene Pulowski, Dave Lizagard, uh, Sylvester the Cat, uh, what's his name up there, uh, Dan Wolgamott, the guy that chugged a bottle of vodka, um, Jeff Brand, for instance. These are people that when votes come up that are against rural Minnesota, it's kind of tough for them to take those votes. If all four of those guys voted against something by doubt remo being removed, there's still an extra cushion room of one person. So it actually kind of hurts and allows the Democrats an ability to pass things. I don't know if that will come into play, to be honest with you, but why mess with the math? To me, he's messing with the math for some kind of personal gain. Now, he could also be getting a new uh, position, new job, perhaps, and he's just waiting to write out his benefits to the last minute. But then once again, I guess, yeah, I guess, right? Do you think he's getting a real job? Well, I mean, I would say – I would say he's got a real job lobbying. To me, it just seems it seems obvious to me that it would line up very well with, hey, I can't lobby Minnesota. Maybe his employer is like, all right, we got this guy hired as public affairs. He is the leader of the Republican uh, caucus in Minnesota. Doubt gets booted out last year, okay? I mean, he lost the House three times in a row, okay? Lost it in 2018, again in 2020, and again in 2022. Finally, people wised up and said, we're out. This guy's no longer a minority leader. So uh, you got to kind of wonder, like, did the did the uh, employer, did stateside associates go, well, you know, he's not the leader anymore. What are we getting bang for buck from this guy? So they go, you either lobby full-time in Minnesota or you're gone. And so this is the way for him to lobby full-time. I don't know. Once again, speculation. But to me, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense to me. There you go. Yeah. If it's making sense to Dawson, I've made, made my point. If it makes sense to me, yeah, you're doing something right. Billy uh, 22 says, Senate majority at the time was part of the redrawing the districts. Uh, majority leader Johnson. Actually, at that time, it wasn't Johnson that was in charge. Who's eligible for this replacement? Any specific known bad, bad actors says Love Minnesota. I don't know what you mean by bad actors. Um, and you're saying re replacement? Oh, Razzle Dazzle, where's the crew eating lunch still? Uh, Jesse had some previous engagement. And then with the topic today, I had a lot of people that wanted to do the show, and it just didn't line up with anyone, which is crazy. All right, so who is Kurt? That's the big question. Who is this guy? Um, a lot of people don't know this. So first of all, there are Republicans that filed. Click on that link up there. Fellow Republicans filed an ethics complaint against doubt, top, top line. This actually happened, I think it was Draskowski and Cal Barr. Yep. Yep. They filed a complaint uh, when, oh no, I'm sorry, Tim Miller. When uh, the lobbying group that that worked for was starting to make calls towards uh, uh, to their office and they never got calls from this lobbying firm before. So they say this is a massive conflict of interest. Now, you know, I don't think that went anywhere, um, but it was a ethics complaint by two fellow Republicans and generally you don't see that stuff happening. Here's the bigger point. Four Republicans broke off of the Republican caucus because they didn't like the leadership of Kurt Doubt. And that was Draskowski, Tim Miller, two of the guys there, Cal Barr and Jeremy Munson. And then eventually when Eric Mortensen got elected, he joined that caucus. 
So they had five guys that wouldn't caucus with Kurt Doubt. Guy was a toxic leader. All right, so, you know, if you talk to – let's go back to the article. If you go talk to Kurt Doubt, he's going to tell you he's a conservative. Guy's very gifted, gifted politician. Uh, probably could sell ice to an Eskimo. We've – it's funny how many people say they're conservative in this state, like these Republican legislators, and it's like, but you vote for more government every time. Like how how can you say you're a conservative and continuously vote that way? And in the case of Kurt Doubt, when he was a Speaker of the House in 2018, I think this was the first year we did our scorecard, he got a whopping 29%. That's like the deepest F. And by the way, our scorecard is very simple. Click on the scorecard link. It's very simple to pass our scorecard. You just vote against bigger government. And so clearly he's behind the bigger government. Keep scrolling down there, Dawson. And you can go to actionforliberty.com. You can click on scorecard to see it. So let's just give you a good case point. See that green one there? That's Steve Draskowski. He got 93% on the scorecard. There's Kurt Doubt, 29%. So you can see there are Republicans who can score very well. By the way, that year we were publishing uh, uh, Democrat scores. So you can see like Rob Eklund got a 57%, so did better than Kurt Doubt. <laughs> That's funny. But it's a little confusing when you put Democrats on there because sometimes they're just voting against a Republican bill. It's not like they got the principal position. Keep scrolling down there real quick. I think, just to prove my point, I thought there was two people that got A's. Was Munson an A? Right there. Yeah, Jeremy Munson got 93% as well. So you can see there were uh, Republicans who were scoring A's on the scorecard. And then the vast majority were scoring very poorly. Very, very poorly. <clears throat> the, a little bit off topic. Did he ever use his name as like, it's like, like, um, like no doubt? But you, yeah, like where, where it's <laughs> like, um, uh, take away my guns, doubt it. That'd be freaking hilarious. Did he ever do that? Uh, I know people did that on his on his behalf or basically when they were targeting like Damn. Yeah, targeting him or stuff like that. Um Newt says can't stand down. He's a he is but he is very talented. That's true. I like give the devil his due. The guy's very gifted politician, very good electoral politics. Except for when it comes to winning back the Minnesota House three years in a row, losing that. Brad Ganser, I know another guy that was in their crosshairs, which is so funny because when Brad <laughs> when Brad was running for the Minnesota House, I don't know, Brad, have we ever talked about that on the show, like gotten to the bottom of it? It's a crazy story, but, yeah, Ganser was definitely in the crosshairs of doubts, uh, um, whatever you want to call it, network of people that basically want to get rid of right, uh, conservatives. Um, My biggest disappointment was doubt was the massive – was the massive expansion of the state government under his majority leadership. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, so let's go back to this article. Because I know a lot of people probably don't know much about him because we started a show last year, and by that point he was no longer in the major or um, in leadership position. So uh, in 2020 – okay, so then let's get to the pandemic. So this guy, in my opinion, was sketchy for a long time long time like ever since we'd start following him in probably 2014 but then the pandemic the pandemic had this ability to just expose everyone who really was a fraudulent conservative or libertarian right um so right away on april 14th and we worked with uh munson and draz to get a bill i'm sorry a resolution that's how that was the form it took it was a resolution to end governor walls's emergency powers this is how it happens you got to get the house and the senate to pass a resolution, the same resolution, 
and then that removes the governor's powers. Otherwise, the governor was using unilateral emergency powers to shut down their businesses and lock us in their homes, okay? So on April 14th, and remember, like, COVID started basically March 13th, so this was like a month after the start. There was already a resolution on the House floor to vote to get rid of Governor Walls' emergency powers. And not only did Kurt Dow vote against it, he actually uh, persuaded most Republicans to vote against this thing. So if you go to that link on it says protect Governor Walls' emergency powers, you can see the vote disposition. This is the first time Republicans had a chance. And you only had 15 Republicans, Backer, Barr, Bo, Dreskowski, Franson, Garofalo, Grossel, Grunhagen, Heinrich, Hurtas, Lucero, Mecklen, Miller, Munson, and Poston. Those are the um, only 15 Republicans to vote for it. Every other Republican and every Democrat either abstained, and abstained in this case is just as bad as voting no, or they actually voted against it. And you could just go through that list, and you could see all the names of people that did not vote to get rid of Governor Walls' mercy powers. Now, how on earth could you be on the wrong side on that issue? To me, that's pretty da damn key, especially when I think at that point we were so, still at a stay-in-your-home order from the governor. Okay, so then it gets worse. He goes to the House floor. Now, I know people got woken up on some of these issues in the pandemic at different times. I get that, all right? And I'm just glad people eventually joined a lot of us conspiracy theorists who had it right from the beginning. I never for one second believed this mask bullshit because I actually listened to Anthony Fauci the first time he talked and saying that masks don't actually protect you. So when he did the... Uh, double take and said, oh, everyone should wear a cloth mask. I was like, no, I think you were being honest the first time. Now you're lying for, for well, we can rehash that. But they were basically wanting us to all to be compliant with their orders. It was, it was a massive test on the American people. So anyhow, a bullshit mask that does absolutely nothing. All of us knew this in the conservative movement. Uh, many of us were standing up and refusing to wear masks. And here's Kurt Dowd on the House floor pretending either he actually believed it which says something or he's pretending that a mask actually did something listen to this audio but just like i wear a mask because i don't want to hope that i don't get covid i wear this mask to protect me and i wear this mask to protect you <laughs> what a true believer <laughs> you know, there's no science behind that, by the way. I actually remember this back uh, in 2020. I think it was 2020. They had this uh, Zoom committee hearing, and they actually brought someone from the University of Minnesota. I think it was the engineering department to talk about the efficacy of masks. Listen, I don't have a big science background. I mean, I did take a couple years of chemistry in college. You know, I, I was not originally going in there for business. But I don't have this big scientific background. And even me, I could look and poke holes at the studies. They're terrible. We've shown on this show um, Michael Osterholm, who is the whatever an infectious disease at the U of M, like high up in there. And he said, like, the studies that were done showing the efficacy of masks, he would have flunked someone that that gave that to him, like a doctorate student. So, so simply understood that masks don't work. And here he is on the House floor telling people I'm wearing them to save you. <laughs> Listen, I'm actually selfish. I mean, selfless. I'm not doing it just for me. I'm doing it for you. 
I mean, my God, what garbage that is. Well, it gets worse. We were perusing the internet one day, and all of a sudden, an ad pops up on the screen, and it's Kurt Doubt pimping out the vaccine rollout as, by the way, not a scientist, as just a politician acting as if these are safe and effective. You're going to hear him say the term safe and effective, the same line garbage coming out of Biden's mouth, the same garbage coming out of Fauci's mouth. You're going to hear Kurt Doubt say the same exact thing. Hello, I'm House Minority Leader Kurt Doubt. There have been a lot of challenges over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, but the vaccines give us hope. The available vaccines are safe and effective. They have been authorized by the FDA and were developed following all federal requirements. Across Minnesota, we are working hard to get as many folks vaccinated as quickly as possible. We are making great progress and we need to keep that momentum going. I urge you to take your shot today. They are readily available. I took the vaccine and I hope that you will too. Together, we can finally get back to all of the things that we love. Let's get our economy moving again and get back to life as we knew it. Thank you. And that's a, like, uh, I think a nonprofit that started up basically funded by pharmaceutical companies, which is uh, employer, stateside associate, also represents pharmaceutical companies. Now, isn't that a massive conflict of interest? Can you imagine? Let's just say, for instance. Yeah. That these vaccines, I don't know. I, I asked Mark if he could be on the show today. Mark, Mark's busy as well. But what a great topic for Mark. Let's just say, for instance, people um, trust the experts, get the vaccine, and they get injured. You know, Let's just say that happens. Oh, by the way, we actually had someone on the show who was in that boat. We know that the VAERS data just spiked in 2021 after the vaccines rolled out. Now, I'm not saying everyone that got the vaccine's been injured, but there was a spike. Now, imagine you're one of those injured people. Don't you think there's a little bit of culpability on the on the shoulders of people like that who have no scientific background? They're clearly reading a script, and they're telling you to go get an experimental drug. What are your thoughts on that, Dawson? I, I, don't, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't think that he directly would have caused anything like that, because it, 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 it's who the script was written by, right? And if the script was written by an expert, then it's the expert's fault. If it was him saying how he felt and he was like, these are safe and effective, then, yeah, I think there's much more culpability. Actually, isn't the first one almost worse because you just blindly trust the expert? That was a big problem. With I COVID. think that trusting experts is what people should do typically. But when the experts are acting in bad faith, that's when you shouldn't be following them. So you're just saying because clearly they were acting in bad faith, like clearly. Right? I think the, that he they, could be stupid enough to believe. And that's what you're attributing is, is just stupidity. I think that he's dumb. And maybe that's true. And then therefore that's a good reason for him to retire and resign from office. Right. I don't think he's a dumb guy. Right. I remember the argument back when Hillary Clinton wasn't prosecuted by the FBI. People were like, well, she didn't knowingly uh, not follow law. I go, okay. I don't want conservatives going to this trap and saying, yeah, Hillary Clinton's just dumb because she's not a dumb person. I mean, she's freaking evil. And she knew what she was doing was wrong. They just say, oh, she just didn't know it. Well, yeah, but but this is him being dumb when it comes to biology, which there's a lot of people that are dumb when it comes to biology. So and that's more believable says, to Dawson, you've never seen the Brady Bunch, have you? I maybe watched it once for like, classics in college like no hmm. uh let's see hate minnesota doubt was following the science <laughs> science with uh 
dollar sign instead of the s of course <laughs> all right this one was uh oh geez don why are you messaging me let me solve this for him real quick oh that's a good comment how do you how do you know the experts are really experts i think that when it comes to the world and knowing about experts and stuff, I think that we need experts to function as a society because not everybody can be an expert in everything, right? But the problem is once those experts start getting paid for like by organizations to say stuff like and to do bias studies, that's when it's like, oh my gosh, now we have to discount every like they can't we can't believe a thing that they've said because they're whatever bought by someone with an agenda. Well, I think oh, so. Okay, that's a good point. So experts, yes, but institutions, no. Yeah. So when it comes to experts, you have to listen to a wide range of experts, and not just trust institutions' experts. And that's what we should have learned during COVID, is because you know it's like how do they pull off this big conspiracy? Because it's not like every doctor and every scientist was in on the conspiracy. Not at all. Not that. That's one of the problems with conspiracies is it takes too many people and there's no way they could all do it. So um, what in, ends up happening in this case is they corrupt the tops of the institutions, which are viewed as the experts. And then in the case of COVID, social media just says, well, if it's not coming from the, the institutions, then it's fake news or misinformation. By the way, there are a lot of experts that were very contrary to what he was saying. Right. Like Dr. Pierre Corey. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, well, I, why can't I think of the name of um, the infamous cardiologist? Um, someone yeah. in the comments section will put it. Um, you had the one of the inventors of mRNA, Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone, who was uh, saying that this stuff doesn't work. Um a bunch of people, well, I shouldn't say a bunch, but people that were voicing their name, voicing their opinion. My God, I got, I got a uh, business associate who's trying to get into Shopify, and Shopify keeps sending me the code. <laughs> and he's like, he's messaging me. He's like, hey, what's the code? I need the code. I'm live, Don. I can't do this live. What's going on? <laughs> By the way, that's what happens when you work with boomers. <laughs> By the way, I love Don to death. I, I feel so bad for get him uh say this on air but he's just my messages are just like flooded here it's distracting me this is what happens when i don't have jesse in studio yeah then i'm resorting to my one like one thing that i can uh communicate with which is on my screen i do this five times a week but i'm playing a game so it's easier i have a question i do you think so doubt is doing this video here which implies that there is a population of republicans who get the vaccine and put on their masks and all this stuff what do you think the percentage is what do you think the percentage is between republicans that do follow covid protocol and who don't follow covid protocol oh i guess it depends on what time frame you're talking about um I think at the beginning you had a very large percent that were following it. Um, like I was definitely a minority towards the end. I would say, well, let's just use Here's a good case in point. So Eric Mortensen, um, refused to wear a mask in the Minnesota Capitol. Okay. Yeah. And he would make his way into the, um, 
office area without people questioning him or well if they did there was nothing they were doing but when it came to the house floor he was under the impression that he would get uh not called on they would mute his uh microphone if he went to the house floor so in 2022 he just realized you know what i don't give a crap of the kaufman mic i'm just gonna make a stance here by the way brad ganser uh rumble rant COVID hysteria was bipartisan he is 100 percent right on that Thank you very much, Brad Ganser. Um, So he went to the House floor, and this is the first day of session. This is when the infamous Lemon Bar Gate happened. That's when uh, Walls went up to Eric Mortensen and offered him a lemon bar, and Mort gave him an earful. (laughs) That's a good video. So Mort went to – he was the only Republican that went to the House floor without a mask. I think if I got this right, it was within about a week or so – Another Republican showed up without a mask, and long before too long, the mask uh, mandate went away, and almost every Republican wasn't wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came down; to even some Democrats weren't wearing them. Democrats were still wearing masks when they didn't need to wear masks. Well, so was that when was that when mask mandates were getting lifted that they stopped wearing masks? Well, they still had a mask mandate on the House floor. Mm. In our culture, like if you went to a grocery store, I'm assuming there wasn't one in place. But so I'm I when you're by the way, this is this is a Democrat House. The Senate Republicans never instituted a mask mandate. Yeah, when when I'm asking about the percentage, and you're asking for a time frame, let's say right when Operation Lightspeed took into effect. Jesse's not here, so I can bring that one up. But what uh, warp speed you talking about? Warp speed. Sorry. Yeah. Same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I. It all sounds the exact same to me. Um, it was a smaller percentage than in the first round of lockdowns, which would have been March, April. So okay, because this was uh, this was the November or December time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep, during in January. Yeah, interesting. So you know, there's definitely more Republicans that were ignoring those. Uh, protocols i mean it is it was really a political issue is and by it, the way historically democrats should have also been uh on board with uh you know pro-freedom or against the man against authority it's like the infamous trope rage against the machine became rage for the machine like rage against the machine their infamous song f i uh, was uh killing the name of is f you don't tell don't do f you i won't do what they told me they repeat that line over and over f you i won't do what you told me and then what do they do? They mandate people have vaccines to come to their show because why the CDC says so. So it's like you just saw literally – and it's the nice thing about this is you had people like Bill Maher and um, uh, what's his name? I uh, love the actor. Uh, Russell, um, Jesus. Russell Brand, who are maybe traditional leftists, oh. become – and even Joe Rogan you could almost put in this category too. Some traditional leftists – that are now clear-thinking, um, common-sense people because they're like, hey, the left has gone crazy. We've always been against the authoritarians. All right, so the next thing I want to show you, this is very interesting. So one day we were watching a House committee that had Dave Lizgard and uh, – well, you know what? Actually, it was a subcommittee that was designed – um, well, you could, if you just want some good reading, go back to Action for Liberty's articles back in 2021 because you learned so much from them. But um, this House committee was meeting to create new Chapter 12 rules on how to deal with emergency powers. Why? Because 
we were targeting legislators, Democrats up in the Iron Range, Julie Sandstead, Dave Lizgard. You can hear a lot about this guy. She's gone, by the way. Uh, these were two of our six con artists who were protecting Governor Walls' emergency powers. They all voted against Governor Walls' emergency powers in 2020, and then when their vote really mattered in 2021, they flipped. They did a 180. So we were door knocking, and uh, we were even door knocking their house and their neighbor's house. And why were we doing that? Because guess what? The Capitol was locked down. The only way to get to your legislator at that time was at their house where they would zoom in to the legislative session. And so somehow, like, these crony politicians, like, turn the narrative around. Like, we were, we were doing something wrong because we were door knocking their house. By the way, when they want your vote in November, where do they go? They door knock your house, don't they? It's a two-way street. You get it? So, yeah, we were, we were doing just typical politics, door knocking politicians to get them to vote the right way and expose them to their voters. Okay? Dave Lizagard, Julie Sandstead. So this is a subcommittee hearing. But Dave Lizagard is just crying. Oh, these wackos, these right-wing rat wackos are coming to my house. And they're putting all this heat and pressure on it. It's like, fine, Dave Lizagard, yeah, you are a con artist, so I can understand why this is painful and you're crying. The problem is he's consoled by Kurt Doubt. This is like just such a betrayal of the conservative movement. All you people that funded or helped out with that massive program we ran, and here is the House Minority Leader at the time, consoling this democrat saying yeah these people are terrible they're fraudsters and uh they come after me too so i'm in it with you watch this video uh-oh come on youtube <laughs> there it is and uh and he brought up a case about why the emergency powers needed to be we just needed to get rid of them and I was honest with them there, and I'll be honest with you today. I don't think all the emergency powers can be eliminated. Stop right there. And Stop right there. But he voted to eliminate all emergency powers in 2020. This is the con artist, right? This is the big con. I he, when His vote didn't matter because the Democrats didn't need it. You know, They could allow some of these guys to vote their uh, district the way their district wanted them to. That's the way he voted, to get rid of all emergency powers. But now that the Democrats couldn't afford to lose his vote. They do a 180, and he comes up with some bullshit excuse like that. T-Wall for Life just dropped a uh, uh, Rumble rant, uh, $15. Looking forward to the snow this week. I thought she was going to say the show this weekend. The snow this weekend. And, yes, for you guys that are not in Minnesota, we finally have winter coming. I can't believe it. We're going to have winter coming. We're actually supposed to head up tomorrow evening to Hunters for Hunters in Little Falls. Yep. Hopefully the uh, weather stays off at least enough so we get safe travels up there we hope to see you guys there yeah exactly uh 6 30 i don't remember where the location is but somewhere just go to hunters <laughs> for hunters uh just check them up on facebook all right let's continue playing this i won't do the all or nothing do i believe that uh, the governor should have all saying power heck no that's why i'm here and that's why i i want to mix it up i want to mix it up with the commissioners saying how are they making these decisions because we do have to have a voice. And I wanna be at the table with all of us and I just heard our chair say that we are gonna be bringing things forward. I am gonna be working with um, Representative Haley on her bill, um, but it's not gonna be all or nothing. And I'm not gonna support stripping everything away just to appease some far right whack jobs that are trying to intimidate people on this committee. 
It's not going to happen. It's not who I am. We're going to go through this process, and we're going to try to figure it out together. Pause. And I know your candidate. He's an angry elf, isn't he? He sound he sounds a little bit intimidated for someone that's saying they're not intimidated. He's very intimidated. Trust me, it was very painful for these guys, but it was the right thing to do. They literally conned all their voters. They made them believe that they were on board with ending Wall's emergency powers, and when it really mattered, they did a 180 and flipped it. I could show you articles. Gene Polowski is another case where he literally told the Star Tribune, "I'm going to continue voting against his emergency powers," and then he doesn't. He does. He literally lies to his. People lies to the press. But what else do you expect from these politicians? Keep playing. So now you're going to hear and doubt comfort him. Oops. I'm candid, and I would love to have the conversation. I'd like to go side by side with you so we can do this together. Representative Doubt. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair, and, and thanks to the members. I, it's, I always love when this moment happens where you kind of spend a whole bunch of time, you know, talking about nothing and then somebody gets frustrated and they just say what they want to say. Um, and, and while it might seem uncomfortable or uh, whatever, it, it's actually good because it just, it gets everybody's feelings out there and we can just talk about, uh, you know, what, what we, how we all feel this needs to move forward. Um, I want to address Representative Sandstead first. Um, we have heard uh, of the stuff that's going on, you know, these, these crazy whack jobs showing up outside of members' homes, trying to intimidate them. This has no place in our state or in our government. Um, and the people who run these organizations are fraudsters. Um, these are not legitimate organizations. They exist for the purpose of raising money and only for that purpose. Uh, the people who frankly run them uh, should be publicized and run out of the state. They're, they're literally in this to make money. Um, and the tactics they use are unacceptable. For somebody to show up outside of somebody's house uh, and try to intimidate a, a lawmaker into changing their vote on something um, is absolutely unacceptable. All right, stop, stop, stop. So, I mean, listen to this guy. Now, this guy, tons of fake news. And by the way, just taking the talking points of the left, intimidating. That's the most bullshit thing. What do you mean intimidating? Asking people to change their vote? That's intimidating. That's literally what politicians do in October, November of election season. They door knock you and they try to convince you to see their side so you vote for them. We can't do that. You guys can do it, but we can't do it. You know, people say you can't give a, a cell phone out of a legislator. They call us on our cell phones. Why is it a one-way street? Oh, they're so high and privileged. But this is so amazing to me that he literally goes down this route of saying we're fraudsters, we're just fundraising. And in the same breath, he explains how we're actually out there when he's saying intimidating, what he's really saying is door knocking and pressuring legislator. Which one are we? Fraudsters, just fundraising, or people that actually do the work that we say we're going to do? So they actually made our point very good and clear that we do exactly what we say we're going to do. We didn't go fundraise and tell people, hey, donate to our operations so we can send love letters to Julie Sandstead and Dave Lizagard. We said we we're going to put pressure on these politicians to force them to vote the right way. And that's exactly what we did. So this was like, to me, like the ultimate betrayal is when you like unify with Democrats who are voting literally to protect Governor Walls and Mercy Powers. You're unifying with these people against the one conservative group doing something about the most important issue in the state of Minnesota. Boy, you know, I wrote this this morning and I forgot how passionate I was on that issue, but we were laughing 
and then maybe a little mad when we saw that because, you know, this stuff was very expensive. We were spending $20,000, $25,000 a month or something like that uh, with our door knockers. When we first moved door knockers up there, it was uh, minus 30 in Hibbing. Minus 30, and we had them in a wood-burning shack, a deer hunting shack. Uh, it was hilarious. Uh, uh, Liberty Longbeard, who you guys saw in the 100th episode, was our leader on that one. I mean, we ended up having, I think, four or five door knockers working full-time. Um, we actually had someone offer us a place in Duluth to move half of the crew into so they could drive up to Lizagard's district. Uh, we ended up in Marquardt's district in northwestern Minnesota. We were down in Sundin's district. Of the six uh, Connors, go to actionforliberty.com real quick, Dawson. I should bring this up on it. I can't remember if we talked about it on, on uh, Tuesday's program. Click, keep going down, 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 right there to the right, the top right, the Connors. Yep. that These are the con artists. These are the Democrats who basically we just needed four of them to continue voting the same way, and all six flipped. There's only one left. It's Dave Lizagard. That's the one that was talking and, and Kurt Dout was singing praises for and saying, yeah, I, I know these people. They do this stuff to us, too. All the other ones are retired, retiring, or got uh, thrown out of office by their electorate. So there you go. That's the kind of guy he was sympathizing with. K. Wall says, Kurt is such a snake. I don't know how else to put it. Snake is right. You know? This is the guy, and this guy will tell you he's conservative. Now, if you didn't believe me that this guy is against conservatism, then let's fast forward to uh, 2022, where he is working with a legislative pack, Republican legislative pack, on uh, uh, in the August primary to work against the conservative candidates. And now, the regular guests on the show, Mark Bashowski and Mortensen, were targeted here. Click on that link real quick. By the way, you can find this article on actionforliberty.com. This was um, so he takes money from the Republican State Leadership Council, funnels it to his uh, group, Minnesota Jobs Coalition, and then the Minnesota Jobs Coalition takes what should be used to keep Republicans in the majority and spends it against uh, Republicans, actually, in many cases, endorsed candidates. Um, and in this case, let's see here, they spent how much was it? What are the numbers? Uh, they spent an estimated hundred thousand dollars against conservative Republican candidates in the August 9th primary. Hundred thousand, and then I think this whole article is more than just that. I think it's yeah, it looks like it. Well, there was there's a bunch of different groups that ended up helping out, but yeah, this one was the Republican State Leadership Committee, which Doubt was serving on at the time, and then they donated to the Jobs Coalition. And you could see, uh, scroll down there, you could see like the hit piece they did on Mort. They keep going down there. There's a hit piece they did on Mort. So this is Republicans doing this hit piece on Mort. Voted no on Eric. Vote no on Mort, Mortensen. He acts just like the liberals. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, we never said these guys were honest. Then there's the one on Mark Bashowski. Nothing except he agreed with liberal Democrats two years ago. <laughs> and what did they I put an air on this? Push for vaccine passports and mandates. They literally said Mark Bashowski. The, one of the most known anti-COVID vaccine guys was pushing for vaccine passports and mandates. They just lie through their teeth. I, I will say <laughs> it is a guilty pleasure of mine going and finding like hit pieces and hit lit 
on on all of you guys i think it's the funniest thing ever to like there's um there's some dude on youtube who has a couple of videos about how jake duesenberg is evil or whatever and every so often i'll go back and watch it just for the hell of it because it's very it's very entertaining (laughs) yeah some evil guy uh fraudsters fundraisers right yeah these guys well the real fraudsters the people that tell you to your face they're conservative (laughs) and then they do the exact that's probably my biggest calling in politics and that's probably why we call the show Truth Hurts is I'm so sick of people just being dishonest. You know, I almost have more sympathy. Like Chris Christie just dropped out. And we'll go to this next story because um, we spent a lot of time on this. But th- these people, they 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 just lie all the time. And it's like Chris Christie was honest at least. He's like, we can't have Donald Trump as president. That's what my campaign's about. Now the campaign failed, okay? But at least the guy was telling you what he believed, that Donald Trump's a problem. We all disagree with that. We think Chris Christie's more of the problem. But at least the guy was being honest on that point. you got to respect that when there's too many snakes out there that are telling you one thing, right, and doing the exact opposite. They're under, And that's the problem with Trump is he believed too many of these Republicans. They're backstabbing them all the time. By the way, if you go back to actionforliberty.com, you'll see that we got an article about Tim Walls calling possibly for gun control. That's the issue here is by resigning, um, it does strengthen the Democrats' majority. And, you know, they are probably coming for AR-15s in this session. At least that's the sense we got from what he made statements on in Cloquet. Instant Zipper Bailiff uh, said, I've seen Kurt several times in the pints and politics. It's sad to hear this. Deb Marie. Well, I would say it's very good to hear this other than the fact that he does strengthen the Democrats. Maybe Deb's got a different opinion on Kurt Dell, but I would say this is really good to see the guy go it just you know there's an argument to be made that he's also costing taxpayers money by having a special uh, election like why not just fill out the rest of your term and then let someone replace it at the next election time you know that's another good argument to be made but anyhow i have uh, just clarifying question does uh, you know how there's term limits on a president you can only have two i think are does that exist for any other like senator, House of Representative, anything like that? There are governors in the country that are term limited. Okay. Um, I'm just curious because I've seen so many old people as like senators and stuff, and it, I'm I was just curious. I, I know. don't know. I don't have a great accounting of every legislature across this, the country, so I'm not certain. I'm not. I'm not aware of any term limits. Okay. It seems like they're all executive or judicial branch. Interesting. Certainly there's mandatory retirements when it comes to Supreme Court in Minnesota. Um, legislatively, I'm not aware of any term limits anywhere. Hmm. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? That's Jane Pulaski, 38 years in office. At least Dowd did the – at least Dowd only stuck it in for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine that, four decades as a legislator. Uh, let's go to the numbers here, the Iowa caucus. Iowa caucus um, is coming up on Monday. I mean, we're four days away from the Iowa caucus, and that's – I mean, I th- think most people believe Trump is going to be victorious. Um, so really the win for the other team is if they can close that. Click on that top left link where it says Iowa Presidential Caucus, and we'll be able to look a little bit more into those numbers. Um, it's As it stands right now, Trump has got a solid 32-plus lead. Most recent one – says the average is 35.3. Most recent one is by USA Today, which was uh, 32 plus. Uh, 
Haley was coming in second, 22. DeSantis, 13. Ramaswamy, 6. Dawson, we go to the next um, link and scroll down to questions number 8 and 9. This is interesting when you get into the actual um, poll that was conducted with um, USA Today. It shows the question is read. I'm going to read you a short list of the main Republicans who will be voted on in your caucus. If the caucus was held today, who would be your first choice between? And then they obviously read those uh, options to the person. Chris Christie, who just dropped out and hasn't endorsed anyone, got 1.8. By the way, not only has he not endorsed anyone, there's leak audio of him basically trash-talking bird brain Nikki Haley. Oh, dang. I didn't realize he dropped out, like, completely. Yeah. That's not good. Ron DeSantis, 12.8. Nikki Haley, 20.4. Vivek, 6.2. Donald Trump, 54 points. Someone else, one undecided, 3.2. Not a lot of undecided. People pretty much got their mind made up. This is a poll which is um, they're calling people who say they are going to the Republican um, caucus or going to caucus with Republicans. However, when asked their uh, affiliation, 70% say they're Republican, 27.6% say no party or they're independent. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. So, But they then follow up that question with, are you sure you're going to the Republican caucus okay so then that is how the disposition this is what i found interesting you go to question nine who would be your second choice chris christie now jumps up to 7.7 ron DeSantis surges to 26.2 nikki haley drops to 13 and a half vivek goes up to 19 donald trump drops down to 12.47 someone else 5.6 10.19 undecided and refused 5.2 so does it still seem like Trump or if Trump is unavailable, then DeSantis? Is that well, I read this as Trump's got the most loyal people. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got to imagine those undecideds and Trump's 12 percent. Trump's 12 percent. Trump's 12 percent is probably a lot of Vivek's people, but also it's probably people going Trump again. <laughs> like there's no other choice. Right. So um, but it's funny. The disposition goes many different places, but Haley is not one of them. Now, in the end of the day, they are calling people who are going to go to the caucus right away. And the answer on the phone was, are you very likely or somewhat likely? 71% of response said very likely. 28.8 said somewhat likely. And then once again, I read to you, not everyone identifies as Republican, which I could understand. You could be a Vivek supporter or a Donald Trump supporter and you're not a traditional Republican. You just got involved in politics. You probably still believe in a lot of the same views. You just don't want to be labeled, right? So that could make sense. But 100% of the people said if they're going, they're going as a Republican uh, in the Republican caucus. In the end of the day, we're going to learn on Tuesday or Monday night. I think we're going to do live. we got to make sure it works, and that way we can get William. But we're going to learn everything on Monday night. Haley, what she's got for, going for her is she's got the backing of Americans for Prosperity, which is, I think, somewhat large in Iowa. So she's got a ground game by nature because they've endorsed her. Quite fraudulent conservative group that would endorse Nikki Haley. Um, and then when you get to uh, DeSantis, he's put a lot of his eggs in that basket, and yet Trump is the one that comes out. I don't think anyone is believing Vivek's going to do really well, um, and Chris Christie's out. Uh, Hutchinson, who's still technically in, not really polling of any significance. 
So it really just comes down to uh, will Haley and DeSantis do better than their polling numbers and close that margin with Trump. Now, if Trump, if Trump wins by that margin there, the only lifeblood it seems to, to, to exist for like the Haley's of the world is she could get a bump in New Hampshire. If we go back to um, that page uh, on Real Clear Politics, she's got – so Trump's only got a margin of 14.3 right now, the Real Clear Politics average. Haley's at 29%. Um, there's one that was showing – let's see, the CNN poll is showing them within seven points. So that margin's very close. Here's the X factor, and this is why a lot of people believe Christie dropped out. Chrissy drops out at 12% in New Hampshire. So let's just assume with the most recent RCP average of Haley at 29 and Trump at 43, it's a neck and neck race when you add, if you took all of Christie's counts and went Haley. And you almost have to do that because where are the Christie people going? They're not going to Trump. Christie made a move to be the anti Trump candidate. Haley's probably the second anti Trump candidate. And uh, DeSantis is like tossed up in the middle, like I don't know which way to go. And Vivek is basically a mega kind of type. So, so really, you'd imagine Haley gets the bump, even though they're not like simpatico. Um, and if you took the CNN poll, it shows that she would actually be in the lead. Do you think that these numbers would be drastically different if Trump has had been doing debates, or if he starts doing debates right now? Do you think they're changing like crazy? I mean, I kind of feel like Jesse makes a good point by it's only risk. So I don't know. That is that's a million dollar question. Generally I would agree with it. If like DeSantis had that big of a lead, then yes, it would hurt him if he did the de- if he didn't well, it'd probably hurt him if he did the debates, right? In the case of uh Trump, I don't know. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna benefit doing the debates. It's just gonna show further that these other jokers don't have a chance. I mean, Trump's Trump's I think that you and I agree that the biggest thing that Trump has when it comes to getting reelected is the it, it look at Trump up there, like watch him do his thing. That's how he that's how he flourishes. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Tucker says to- Vivek is the only candidate punching above his weight in quotations. I think that's a reference to how skinny the guy is. So it's not hard to punch above his weight. Yeah. Razzle dazzle. No one is showing up to Haley's town halls in Iowa. There's a story about uh, Phillips, Dean Phillips, uh, campaigning in New Hampshire, obviously putting it all in New Hampshire for the Democrat primary, and essentially no one showed up. The CBS's uh, Rosen had to report that he stood out, uh, and he's like leaning against a vehicle where no one showed up to his event. It's kind of sad, you know. Also kind of funny. I, I think that I'm. I'm starting to think that for both Biden and Trump, I'm not as worried as for re-election. I'm not as worried when it comes to like Trump going to jail or anything like that. I'm straight up more worried about their health than anything. Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be like coming up a lot sooner than people think it is, which is freaky. But like, oh, my gosh, they're so old. They're both so old. Here's one other thing I want to throw at you. The South Carolina Republican primary and the numbers right now, Trump's average is 30 points above everyone else. Haley, which is their home state, is at 21% to Trump's 52. So even if Haley does well in New Hampshire, even if she wins New Hampshire, that steam's going to roll away real quick, okay? 
And the other thing that I think we have to understand is traditionally you do well in New Hampshire, you get this bump because you get all this media attention, but the corporate media is less and less got a hold on Republican audiences. Now there's still a lot of gray hairs in the Republican ranks that vote in these primaries. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's just a bunch of our types that watch new media, but it's less and less every day who are going to corporate media and new media is not going to be friendly to Nikki Haley. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe daily wire is, but I, I don't follow them as well. Most of us, you know, common sense people see the real glaring issues with Nikki Haley. So I just don't see, I don't see it at this point. You know, the one, one factor here would be like DeSantis way punches above his weight in Iowa. And I just don't, you know, not being there. I don't know how good of a ground game he has, but he definitely put the, put the effort into it. And I think I saw, um, a rumor that he's going to be dropping out too uh, soon as well. So we'll see. But <laughs> I, I just, right now it just looks like Trump's going to run away with us. You know, Jesse's going to be like, I see, I told you so. Cause Jesse's been saying this since last summer, yeah. but it's like, it's a marathon. All right. So yeah, I'm not ready to call it because it's a marathon. However, we're at the point, I don't know. I know none of these have happened yet, but we're kind of at the 20 mile mark already. And we've learned that, Donald Trump's a pretty good marathoner. Yes, I hear myself saying that, but he's a pretty good marathoner, right? He's doing a pretty good job for a guy who's dodged all the debates too, right? Who do you think would be his best running mate from a strategic standpoint? Well, I think there was an argument to go with someone lame like, um, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Who is this? Trump Pence, Mike Pence. Would it be Uh, Pence again? No, no, it won't be Pence, but like someone lame like that because Uh. it's like, Trump is so bombastic that you want like that steady hand, you know, the, the, the neutralizer, um, the, the foil. Yeah. I could also see him go celebrity. Kanye. No. Trump Kanye. <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be, that would break, that would break a lot of the internet for sure. Yeah. He should really, uh, mix things up and put, uh, put Kevin McCarthy as his running mate. That'd be pretty funny. Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> He should offer it to DeSantis. <laughs> I think that'd be funny. All right. Well, that's what we want to cover today. Um, I think that's – do we believe Trump has decided to run it? Oh, that's where he got that razzle-dazzle. Yep. Uh, Tucker says he's referencing Christie's hot mic. Instant zipper, bailoff. It's kind of funny. Can't stand Nick. Ha-ha. What's Nick? Who's Nick? Nicky Haley. Something? This is why I should never be the guy reading the comments. Napkin Nader spells up mega. Isn't Man, I love our audience. All right. You guys rock. Honest to God. You guys are the reason we keep doing it. Like today, I was like, should we even do a program? My God, like we might have to cancel. It's just me talking. Now it's an hour in and you guys are there. Like it almost doesn't seem like you do a show ever alone here because you got these guys. So we appreciate that. And thank you, William and uh, William's rhino friend for uh, reading the comments today. Very good of you guys. Very appropriate. I don't know how many gimmicks we have at the studio. So many. <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> Thank you, Minnesota. Thanks, Cancer. Yeah, Brad's apologizing because I asked Brad if you wanted to come in. That uh, would be good to have Brad. There's so many guys. Brad, you know, we could have had a whole panel of people that would have loved them to talk about this subject today. But anyhow, people are busy, so I get it. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Dawson, for helping out. Uh, we're going to be heading up to Little Falls, I think, tomorrow evening to get some 
footage of Hunters for Hunters. So if you want to meet us, we'll be up there. And uh, we'll be back. I think we might come back Monday night for a special evening broadcast, but that's not set in stone, so just stay tuned. We'll put information on Twitter. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week.